Hello, and welcome to another episode of Magic to My Ears. I'm Abby Filsinger, and this is the podcast for everything and anything Disney. Today, I will be talking about one of the original roller coasters from Disneyland, the Matterhorn Bobsleds. Join me as I discuss some of the facts and how it was built, and some of the experiences I've had on the ride itself. During the construction of the park, dirt from the excavation of Sleeping Beauty's castle's moat was piled in an area between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. When the park opened, the area dubbed Holiday Hill was improved with benches and pathways to encourage its use as a picnic area. After the opening of the Disneyland Skyway in 1956, however, Walt Disney conceived the idea of a toboggan ride, which we now know as the Modern Horror Bobsleds, which opened June 14, 1959, and was the first tubular steel roller coaster to ever exist. Now, I'll explain what a tubular steel roller coaster is. It's defined by having a track made of steel, incorporating tubular steel track and polyurethane coated wheels, and can provide a taller, smoother, and faster ride with more inversions than a traditional wooden roller coaster. But not only was the Modern Horror the first tubular roller coaster, but it was also the first coaster to have an electronic dispatch system, which enabled more than one car at a time to be on the track. Now, this helped with Walt's idea of a people eater, which we discussed in the Haunted Mansion episode. He wanted these rides to be able to take on as many guests as possible to avoid crowds and long lines. Now, I know today it's still typically a longer line. It's about 45 minutes, but it does help with this electronic dispatch system, and the ride is typically smoother and easier to go through. And the Disneyland Matterhorn was actually built one and one hundredth scale of the original Matterhorn, or 147 feet versus the 14,700 feet of the actual Matterhorn. The attraction was inspired by the live-action Disney adventure film Third Man on the Mountain, which was filmed in Switzerland on and around the real Matterhorn. And Walt decided to do this when he went on a vacation to Switzerland because he loved the environment and he loved the people and the culture. And that's when he got a lot of the ideas to make this ride. Uh, there are a few homages in the ride, not to the film, but actually to a specific um, individual who I'm going to go into. Uh, one in particular is when you are whizzing through the Matterhorn Caverns, you may spot some mountaineering supplies. This is paying tribute to Frank Wells, who was not only the president and chief operating officer of the Walt Disney Company from 1984 until his death in 1994, but he was also an experienced mountain climber and skier who came very close to achieving his goal of climbing the Seven Summits. Now, for those of you who don't know what that means, Seven Summits is something that mountain climbers aspire for, most of them anyway. Uh, it's when you hike the biggest mountains in the world, so some of them include, obviously, Everest and Kilimanjaro, for example. And he got so close, he was just missing Everest. And he was 3,000 feet from the summit when his party was forced to descend because of bad weather. Now, this scene has actually been, has been replaced now, unfortunately, in the Matterhorn. It used to be where all these sparkling crystals were. You'd hear the tinging of the crystals shining. And there was this big black box next to them that said Frank Wells. I never knew what that meant until I looked it up. Uh, now it's actually replaced by a wreckage scene where it's one of, it looks like one of the original Disneyland Sky Skyway buckets uh, has crash landed in the Matterhorn and there's a bunch of supplies around. There's a broken toboggan and all that creepy stuff. Um, and actually... Getting back to the ride itself, though, not just Frank Wells, when it first debuted, the mountain was actually covered in tons of holes due to the Skyway. Uh, it, that was supposed to originally traveled through the Matterhorn, and it used to carry guests from Tomorrowland to Fantasyland. 
Um, but through the years, fortunately, um, the, the holes were filled, uh, changing the appearance of the Matterhorn. Of course, the Skyway is no longer there, so they didn't want to have these big gaping craters in the beautiful Matterhorn. <laughs> uh, in 1997, I'm sorry, that's 1978, <laughs> wow, uh, the roller coaster went through significant changes. This included the addition of the Yeti. I had always just thought the Yeti was just there all the time, but he was a brand new uh, scene, as you will. And the bobsleds were replaced by two-car, eight-passenger bobsleds, and the open interior of the mountain changed to tunnels of ice caves to make it a little spookier. Uh, there, I actually have some fun facts about the Matterhorn that we'll go a little bit deeper into later. Um, more than 800 gallons of paint were used to create a realistic look of heavy snowfall on the mountain. It does not look like 800 gallons of paint because it looks so natural, but I'm guessing that's how they did it because it's such a big mountain to cover. Uh, Matterhorn bobsleds is unique to Disneyland Park. You won't find another Matterhorn in any other Disney park. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, well, Expedition Everest. Again, it's a similar idea, but it's not the Matterhorn. It's actually not even the Matterhorn Mountain. It's Everest. So, again, it might be the same principle, you know, with the Yeti and the toboggan, but it's not the Matterhorn specifically. I thought that was kind of cool, kind of unique. Uh, throughout the years, climbers have appeared during the day to scale the mountain, including Mickey Mouse and Goofy. Uh, one track is faster. Now, I'm sure most of you know this. I have actually tried it out. It is very true. I actually went uh, this last Saturday with my brother, and we did go on the faster track, which is the left side. So if you want more of a thrill, try the left side. And we got off, and he looked at me and said, did that just feel really fast to you? Like, he, he said, I feel like that would just went by in no time at all. And it's funny because you think there's no way that there's a faster track because you, you see both leave at the same time. It is. I can tell you it is. <laughs> I was jostled around so much in a fun way, but still it was, it was very speedy, very quick. Um, and confirmed, I'm gonna do a little plug here, uh, confirmed on the Disney Plus show, The Imagineering Story, there is a basketball court um, on the top of the Matterhorn for the cast members. Not actually like, you know, literally on top of the Matterhorn, like outside, but where all the cast members, you know, clock in and, um, there's all the computers and everything that makes the ride work. There is a little basketball court in there. Uh, that was really cute. They actually showed a little video of it, of, a ma of an Imagineer walking through it and confirming and actually making a basket. <laughs> and uh, there's actually a wall where the basketball court is, which has the names of multiple Imagineers and cast members who have ever worked on the Matterhorn. So it's all their names signed. I believe, I think this was also in the uh, Imagineering story show. I believe I saw Mickey Mouse's name on it, but I could have I could have been wrong. But that's a little plug for you. You really should watch it. It's really interesting. Uh, and to our good friend the Yeti, here's a little fact about him. His name is actually Harold. Yep. Harold the Yeti. Who is terrifying. <laughs> um, and there are actually hidden Yetis around the outside of the attraction. Uh, next time, look for the hidden Yeti in the cast member's operation booth uh, peering out of the window. So I, I tried to look for it. I didn't see it. My brother said he's seen it before. I have not. Um, I, I believe if I'm thinking of the right place, it's when you 
are coming back from the Matterhorn, you're finished with the ride and you're about to get off, there's a little operation booth and there's a window facing you. It, I believe there's supposed to be a stuffed animal Yeti there. I did not see it, however, but I believe that it's supposed to be there. <laughs> uh, so those are just some of the quick little facts here. And um, I actually think this is a good time to take just a little break. I know it's not that long into the podcast, but uh, let's do it anyway. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, we are back. I'm uh, going to warn you, this is not going to be a very long podcast. Again, it's it's one singular ride. There wasn't a lot that I could really find that was confirmable, if that's a word. <laughs> um, mostly fun facts and just how the ride was built. But um, let's discuss our good friend Harold the Yeti. Uh, Before the refurbishment of the ride in 2015, he was mostly stationary and consisted of three of the same audio-animatronic figures that would roar at the bobsledders. Uh, The first was visible from both tracks, while the other two were only visible from their respective tracks. Each track also featured a pair of red eyes that glowed in the dark shortly after the lift hill, while Harold's roar was heard, which used to scare me pretty bad as a kid not gonna lie going into my teen years um I don't know how many of you remember before the refurbishment you would start heading up this hill you hear the wind um blowing in the caves and right as you reach the top there'd be these two red eyes and right as the red eyes lit up you'd hear this big roar uh not gonna lie I only saw them a couple times because I only was brave enough to see them for a couple times it's uh it's a pretty cool effect really i mean i know my brother's always like there are two red led lights you're gonna be fine (laughs) but still it's still not you know it's it's not not terrifying especially for your first time going on it uh so those were those have been taken out uh but when we move to the 2015 refurbishment the new and improved herald that has a better range of motion and can move more fluidly. This was this has replaced the non-moving, more done with strobe lights, uh, old Herald that we had before. Uh, additionally, the gaps next to the ride vehicles on the lift were filled with a thin layer of ice. I'm using air quotes, you can't see me. Uh, the Yeti now peers through the ice as he climbs the mountain to attack the guests. Also quite terrifying. If I haven't mentioned before, I'm a chicken. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, whoever hasn't seen the new Yeti, I know he's been up for a while, but I don't know. Maybe you just have another chance. It's a really good effect. He kind of, it's hard to describe, you know, without, I'm just doing the motion to myself right now. Um, he kind of, you're going up instead of the, you still hear the wind, but instead of the red lights, now you hear him on all sides of you, like, you know, going, <laughs> you know, like heavy breathing and trying to find you. And it's, Again, quite terrifying. I believe you see his shadow, but again, I'm pretty terrified all the time, so I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> um, but yeah, you see, you hear him rustling around in the in the caverns, and it takes a minute before you see him, which I think is actually the brilliant effect of it, is because you're waiting because you're you're thinking, okay, Harold's coming along, just where is he? <laughs> um, and when you finally get to him, it's very quick, but you hear. Your toboggan, I guess it leans a little bit towards him, and he's behind this big rock, and he swings for you. Like, his his arm actually comes for your toboggan. And so the first time, 
Uh, I was, I think I mentioned this in my other, other podcast with, um, my friend Melanie. Uh, but when we forgot that the new Yeti was going to be up, so <laughs> I was going, it was me and my brother and my mom and dad, and we were all going on. And in the middle of the ride, Jack's like, oh yeah, I think the new Yeti's up. I'm like, oh, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to look. It can't be worse than the other one. Like, it's fine. So we get to the point where and I'm like, oh, there's no red eyes anymore. That's, that's a nice surprise. <laughs> so we, we start going down and I'm like, okay, you got this. You, you're going to look, you're going to open your eyes. So I open my eyes. Right as I open my eyes, he takes a swing at me. I have never screamed that loud in my entire life. <laughs> I am not a screamy kind of person. I'm usually one that makes little squeaking noises. <laughs> I full on screamed like in Banshee mode. <laughs> It's a really good effect. And again, like I said in, in my notes here, it's it's very fluid. It's a very, it's again, it's very quick, but it's it's such a altogether motion that it, it looks really real. Um, you know, but with the old one, I don't think I mentioned it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, he, my brother claims that he used to move his arms, but again, I was younger and I didn't want to look at him, so I don't really remember a lot about it. Um, but my other sources also have said that it's mostly was due to strobe effects. He didn't actually move. He just kind of stood there like, ah, like just kind of, they had the roar and then they had these strobe lights hit him at the right time. And that made him appear that he was moving. Uh, again, don't really remember exactly what he did because chicken terrified pointing at myself. Um, but moving away from Harold for a minute, uh, again, I don't know how many of you remember the old, uh, toboggans before they put these new ones in in 2015 but it used to be that you had to you basically sat in somebody's lap so you know you better be really not really be pretty good friends with that person <laughs> so I'd always go with my best friend Colleen obviously you know who she is <laughs> um my former co-host we would sit together she'd be behind me I'd be sitting in her lap because she's taller than me and the only pr the I mean, it, I guess it wasn't as much of a problem as it is now, but you get tossed around a lot in those toboggans because they're very, they're very wide and they, if you're short like me, your feet don't necessarily hit the bottom of the car. <laughs> so that was my problem. My feet did not touch the bottom. So she'd be wrapping her arms around my, my waist so she could hold on to me while we were getting swung back and forth. Uh, then they got rid of that <laughs> and you sat by yourself. So before they, they, they've changed the cars, I think now a total of like th two or three times in the last couple of years, cause they kept changing the track and they kept, um, you know, repainting and, um, making it a little smoother. It's, it has gotten a lot smoother. It's not as rickety as it used to be, but now that you don't have somebody to hold on to, you're relying on that seatbelt and those little bars on the sides. My feet can touch now. I'm very proud to say, uh, they did not a couple of years ago. <laughs> So the only problem though is even though my feet somewhat touch the bottom, they're not like firm on the bottom like other rides. Because uh, you're, it's almost like you're not laying down, I guess, but you're you're in that like you know child splay position, you know, where you're like sitting directly on your butt and your legs are just out. <laughs> and since my feet aren't firmly on the bottom of the toboggan, I tend to get jarred around a lot. And I tend to get off the ride walking like a little old lady because my neck has now been like thrown out of position. <laughs> Um, still a very fun ride, but I tend not to go on it too much because I'd like to be able to walk the rest of the day. Um, not probably my top, one of my top favorites, but I figured 
it's almost Christmas time. I figured this would be, it's not really holiday, but it's snow. So what do you want? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's really all I have on the Matterhorn, unfortunately. There really wasn't that much to find out. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any other fun facts I did not uh, go over, or any little fun stories about the old toboggan sleds and anything, maybe maybe your friend had to hold on to you too, um, please let me know. Either voice message me wherever you get your podcast. I sound like the commercial again. <laughs> or uh, Instagram me personally um, on one of my two Instagrams. You can either uh, Instagram me on my on the podcast's official Instagram, which is, again, not very clever. It's magic to my ears, and it has dots in the middle of each word. <laughs> That's the only way I can remember what it was going to be. Or you can Instagram me on my personal, which is bunnygirl1995. Uh, please, I still haven't gotten any comments or any voice messages. I'd really love to get you guys involved. And again, I'm, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff out there about Disney, but if you have something really specific you want me to talk about, I'd love to do it. Um, I think the next podcast is probably going to be something more Christmassy, but if you have any other suggestions about a certain ride, character, movie, even TV show, even song, I don't care. I'm up for anything. <laughs> I'll talk about anything related to Disney. So just let me know. And um, I think that's going to be it for today. Um, I'm hoping, I'm sorry it took so long to get this out. Uh, I wanted to give a little bit more time. My mom mentioned that they are, all my podcasts are about a week apart, so it doesn't give people a lot of time to catch up. Um, hopefully this gave you a little bit more time if you are um, an active listener. Uh, yeah, so again, please message me, Instagram me, talk to me, hang out with me. <laughs> uh, and I will see you guys either next week or the week after. I am hoping I'll get one out uh, next week. All right, hope you guys are having a terrific day. And I will see you guys later. Thanks for listening.